0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Philosophy. I'm your boy Phil. We're coming at you live in the podcast room. We had to skip it of the week as Thanksgiving and just no time during that week. Want to welcome to the podcast the one, the only Mister Jamie Weathers.
1: <laughs> Thanks for the applause. Oh, yeah, that. we got a nice studio edge. audience.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. So uh, welcome. We've been trying to get you on here for a while now. Our schedules haven't lined up. Finally got you on the ca- calendar. I'm glad to be here. Thank so, you. But um, yeah, man. So uh. So let's talk about you for a little bit. So you are the associate Worship, Camp, campus pastor yep. at Village Park. That's correct. And so um, so that's exciting. You got a lot of things going there. Um, so you started off as the family pastor here, right? Yes. At downtown?
1: Yeah, did that for about eight years. Nice. Family pastor in charge of college ministry and uh, overseeing youth ministry, children's ministry. Mm-hmm. So I did that for eight years, but just felt like it was time for God to Open another chapter, new challenge, and uh, take the associate campus row nice. at the Village Park campus.
0: That's exciting. So, so that's how you and I met was a college ministry through late night. And so, remember, you uh, try to get me to come to late night for forever, and you're just like, I'm just gonna yes. stop asking you. You'll, you'll eventually show up. And so, that's pretty much how I do it. And so, it, it was fun, and I enjoyed half. I enjoyed late night for as long as we were part of it. You know, what was it? You called me
1: the grandpa of late night. You ended up being the grandpa. Of I late did. Night, yeah. You know, you didn't, make, you didn't intentionally, but you were yeah. there. You just kind of one of the OGs. Yeah, so
0: that's exciting. OGs, oh, man. It's it's it's. It, we're talking about getting those back one day, maybe getting a group Absolutely. together. Absolutely, it will be, be fun. Great. But uh, but yeah, man. So um, there's a uh, we got stories. You're, you're always known for stories. We'll get to those in a little bit. Uh, kind of talking about um, some some of your your fun, exciting moments as a adult and pastor and all the fun, exciting things and just um there's a specific story we'll get to later about a, um, a towing a boat that we'll talk about mm. soon and uh, just kind of want to, it's, I can never exactly tell a story exactly how you do it. Cause it's always, I mean, obviously you can't do that, but it's always fun. But, uh, but yeah, man. So th- look, give me a little bit of your kind of life story a little bit as you know, what you're comfortable and willing to share, just kind of like w- where you grew up from and where you came from, you know, that kind of stuff. Your testimony.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Well, you know, I, Everybody has a different story, a different background. Mine's kind of a little bit unique. I felt mm-hmm. God's call in my life kind of early in life. My my mom was Catholic at the time. My mm-hmm. dad was ba- was really not unchurched for mm-hmm. the most part. And then he um, later I got baptized and got saved into the Baptist church and so uh, that led me to a a life of sort of splitting time one week with the Baptist church, one week with the Catholic church and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I jokingly say that when I went to the Calvin Church, no, you know, no, no offense, but you know, it was uh, a little, a little stricter, a little rigid. You know, I <laughs> uh, went to the Baptist Church and glued beans on construction paper and uh, macaroni, and I felt like I felt called to be Baptist from that point <laughs> on. So anyway, um, but I uh, ended up being in the Baptist Church growing up. Um, but my family, by and large, a lot of dysfunction, you mm-hmm. know, but you can't spell fun without dysfunction, so that's in there. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, just um, finding my way. always felt God's call in my life, finally surrendered to God's call in my life in my early 20s, mm-hmm. um, but just went straight into ministry. Didn't uh, have a lot of mentors around me to say, hey, you need to do this, this is the next step, this is the next step, just sort of went straight into ministry, so Took my first youth pastor job at the age of twenty three, mm. and uh, so uh, next year will be thirty years in ministry. So that's uh, exciting, yeah. So congratulations did, on uh, that. One of those lone wolves in youth ministry that was twenty uh, year youth pastor. So mm. those are rare, yeah, rare breeds. But then felt like the next chapter for me was uh, you know I just I prayed a prayer with God one day and said Lord I want to be on the front side of all this damage mm-hmm. with the students. The divorce situations and things like that. I'm always on the backside with the damage control side, mm-hmm. and I said, "Lord, I want to if it be Your will to put me on the front end of things, mm-hmm. and maybe, maybe by Your grace, uh, counsel people and stop this negativity from happening and ruining families." So, mm. and uh, the Lord answered that prayer, and answered to call to the family ministry at FBC Leesburg, and mm. uh, that was a year 2015, I believe it was.
0: That's awesome. Oh, that's exciting, man. I think that's a you have a really cool story and a really cool background, and I, it's all always been, um, you know, we. I've always there, there's been sometimes I walk in your office and be like, man, what are you doing? But then there's other times i just like, okay, you know, like I, I see it after, you know, afterwards. And so most think- people think we
1: just stare at the wall. You know, <laughs> they, they think that most people think pastors probably just stare at the wall mm-hmm. during the week. Yeah. But there's there's a little bit that goes on. Yeah, no,
0: sure. and I mean, when I say, what are you doing? Like, I guess there's, there were some things like with, you know, because we've, you know, through these we've gone through a few different youth pastors, and you kind of yes. have been the interim youth pastor between every youth pastor.
2: Yes, and, I so, have. and so.
1: I think I'm officially retired now, though. Yeah, I, right. I've I <laughs> had that conversation where I'm, this time I'm officially, officially retired. But, yeah, I did a seven-month stint mm-hmm. in three different times yeah. in Flip. youth
0: ministry as well. And so that was with all that, you know, I think there were moments I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you know, but trust you and follow you because you're, you know, God put you in that position. So, you know, we got to follow that pathway there. And it's always, always ended up working out for the good, which is good. And it's always cool to see the growth that has happened from that and to, to know that you've had a little part of that is, you know, I would assume it's pretty cool to see. So. Yeah,
1: it's one of those things where you say, you know, been there, done that, and got mm-hmm. the T-shirt. I've got <laughs> a closet full of youth T-shirts. So nice. done, done pretty much everything. But the main thing is just, you know, just keeping the main things the main things, and the main things the plain things, as Alistair mm-hmm. Begg says, and just basically just loving on kids, creating an environment that mm-hmm. they want to come, yeah, they want to be a part of, that they, um, they know they're loved, mm-hmm. they're cared for. And uh, we always try to go the extra mile, you know. Some of the events we talked about, yeah. we go like way over the top, you know. Mm-hmm. like creating a laser field for them to crawl through, and this thing. But I think those the messaging behind that is that they're important. They're mm-hmm. worth the effort. Yeah, and I think that sort of rings.
0: Yeah, rings through. I remember them. doing that. That was fun. Yeah. The for the late night one where they we yeah. crawled and had the it was that was a lot of, a lot of fun that night. We uh, had and and for those of you know who, who have been at downtown is it's. it's Pretty much a giant maze to walk through everywhere. Yes, but um, through the kind of the back behind the sanctuary, we had um, what was that? Glow in the dark, like string, and we had the uh, UV lights. And it's actually fishing line. Fishing line. There's a certain
1: style of fishing line that glows, and you put a black light on it, and creates this illusion of this laser field. Yeah, which you you have to kind of crawl through. And y'all were kind of in a Mission Impossible. I think it was an escape room. Yeah, I guess
0: every every set every like TV that was, like, in their section had a video that, like, popped up. and yeah. that was fun creating, you know. And so, but it was actually kind of funny. I was talking about Wallace the other day, and we were, we were driving from uh, Village Park to Home Depot because I was trying to drop off a ladder that I rented, and I needed help getting off my truck. We were talking about something. I was like, yeah, man. I said, you know, he's like, so, because after he was on the podcast, he's like, he's like, I tend to get very obsessed with a specific thing. You know, at a time he's like, so he's like, I once I got in your podcast and saw how much fun it was. He goes, he goes, I started figuring out like how to start my own podcast and what that looked like. And he's like, so what was like your inspiration for starting a podcast? I'm like, well, I've had, you know, I talked about this yesterday. Like, I've had different thoughts and ideas. I said, but I said also, I said, kind of went back to what Jamie we talked about, of like what you have to have a why behind what you do. Mm-hmm. And I started thinking about that. I was like, I said, there's a lot of things that like as you were in, I was under you in late night and stuff like that that. You would teach that now that I'm outside of that late night that I'm going back to going like, well, you know, da da da. Where'd you hear that from? Well, that was actually Jamie. You know, Jamie said there's a lot of things I'll quote. You know, and um, one of my favorite things I like talking about is like when I would help like our stu- South campus student ministry. I would we'd be going through a scripture study and we started a word like therefore, you know, and mm-hmm. everything you That's always thought right. about is when you st- see a therefore, you have to go backwards you By can't what it's there for exactly absolutely, and so um just little little things like that mm-hmm. that i always just it just comes back to mind and like oh yeah, yeah jamie said that oh jamie said that you know i was actually was scrolling through my phone and you know iphone do like does like you know on this day 10 years ago popped mm-hmm. up a photo and it was like a, I, I wrote like, like a quote down you said like from like when i first started going to late night and i was like oh that's cool oh that is cool yeah, and I so know. just uh just things like that man it's it's been fun i've always been enjoyed you know your teachings and things like that, and you really have pushed, you know, and pushed the limits on, like, it wasn't just coming to hear a, you know, Jesus loves you, which is, obviously there's nothing wrong with that in a sermon, but, like, you pushed our theology, you pushed our knowledge, you pushed our, you know, we didn't just come to, we heard the gospel, we heard the gospel clearly spoken every week, but we didn't just, it wasn't just a fluffy message, you know, it was always yeah. deep, it was always, had a point behind it a lot the why 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 am I doing this you know yeah it's so. one of
1: those things where you know you can either have a faith that's a mile wide and an inch deep mm-hmm. or you know an inch wide and a mile deep mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, you know to be honest when I first came to late night it was it was the the it was you know not so great it was mm-hmm. definitely a mile wide and an inch deep you know kind of thing mm-hmm. and so it was one of the things where um, the word of God is life changing mm-hmm. it's life changing and in it's like that well of springing, that well that springs up and gives life. You know, it's that water mm-hmm. that never runs dry. So it's one of those things where if you get exposed to it, mm-hmm. like as a deer panteth with water, as the Scripture says, you'll want more of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you, know, it, you know, we had that little lull moment when you yeah. come in and you do that. And you make those kind of hard lines where you're trying to mm-hmm. grow the, the overall depth of a community, whatever community it is. Yeah. And that can be tough, but mm-hmm. and so we went. You know, I quickly grew it from like fifty students to twenty, if you remember. Yes, and yeah. uh, people were coming and asking me some some hard questions and everything. But, you know, I just felt like we had to press a reset. Mm-hmm. You know, we really needed to have a, a real Christian community and what that looks like and mm-hmm. what that culture feels like. Yeah. And uh, in order to do that, we had to, the Word of God does that. So mm-hmm. the Word of God separates, it divides, and it, it, mm-hmm. it just does what it naturally is designed to do. Mm-hmm. And so, but there were moments. I'm going to be honest with you. If you're out there listening and you're in ministry, there's moments where you're definitely second guessing yourself. You're <laughs> you're you're you know, seem like uh, single handedly destroying a ministry. But um, but the coolest thing is when I had some of the OG late nighters come back after they mm-hmm. go for school for a year and they come back and they said, wow, this is such a different ministry. Mm-hmm. Like this used to be kind of a wreck ministry. It used to be mm-hmm. like a little bit of word, but we're really interested in the basketball and the activities afterwards. Mm-hmm. And he said, now it's totally all the opposite. Mm-hmm. And he said, that's really kind of cool. Yeah. So that's one of the, uh, yeah, I, I, that was one of the coolest compliments. But mm-hmm. well, That was the goal. Yeah. The goal.
0: I think that's one of the, the coolest things is like, Anytime I invite someone to late night, I was like, it's a new group. You're going to know absolutely no one, but give it a week. Give it two weeks. You come, in, you come, give me two weeks. You come back the next week, you're going gonna, gonna, gonna to feel like family. Mm-hmm. And the coolest absolutely. part about that is I never got, I was never proven a liar. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have someone come back and, you know, they would just, they come back and they're just, they're like, people would be like, oh, so-and-so, welcome back. Like, we're good to see you. And it's just, it's that, that's that you know, really cool aspect that it's just, you don't see that in other groups. And so, and that's always, I think that was always the cool part is it's, you know, Calvin and, and Troy and I mean, you know, you know, you had your, your OG people that are at the door. They're like, you know, it's good to see you and like make eye contact and they remember their names. And it was just that to me, that's just a, that's a cool thing to see that, that they came back and it's, they were a part of the group they, then they were, they were in, you know. And so then they tell their friends, like, hey, come on, you know, and then they, you know, just like you said, it's people growing people taking, you know, and, and it was always a cool way to see that how the ministry grew, ministry grew that way, you know.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think what came up with, you know, the kind of our slogan was the community you mm-hmm. need. That really just resonated instantly. Yes. And I think everybody, if you look at all cultures, everybody's looking for community. Mm-hmm. I think COVID kind of taught us that in an inadvertent yes. Kind of yeah. a bad side of that, mm-hmm. but the willingness to conform, even though when you may may know something that probably doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Everybody has this willingness to conform, mm-hmm. you know, um, because people want to be a part of community. They don't want to be the outlier. Yeah, and um, but when you when you set a, con- a community, that and that's a word that speaks to the, the broad mass of people. And then you add to it the depth mm-hmm. of God's Word, then you really got something special.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that's a, it's a cool group because like, you get that, you know, you get the you know the good worship, the good teaching, and then afterwards we still hang out till two o'clock in the morning playing volleyball and bodies, and yeah. you know, I think it's really funny because like when I was eighteen, like I was like, all right, two o'clock in the morning, let's go. Like we used to go and there was only a small group of us that did this, but like we used to go play volleyball till like one o'clock in the morning, and then go from there and go over to Denny's and go have breakfast. We did, and then go from there. And when, like, sometimes I remember one time it was like three o'clock in the morning, and we're walking around Walmart, just like 10 of us from late night. And I was, at that point, I'm just like, I'm tired and ready to go home. <laughs> like, I have to be up in three hours. <laughs> and so you got up and you went to work and you just did it, you know. And so, but you, I wouldn't train half the memories, you know, yeah. for what we did and stuff like that. And cool. I remember sharing, uh, we were the one time, I don't know if you remember this or not, coming home from passion, we were, uh, I don't even remember what year it was, but we got stuck on 75. Cause it 75 was iced over. Mm-hmm. And do you remember that? Is that the snowball fight? The snowball fight. Yeah, here. absolutely. And so, cause I remember, I remember chunking a, an ice ball at you that year. <laughs> I don't remember that or not, but I remember, uh, cause I, I first time seeing snow. And so everybody's yeah. like, had seen snow. And so like, they're making snow. I'm like, I just like, yes. Oh, that looks like snow. And, clumped in and chunked in. I think I hit you in the shoulder or whatever. Yeah, and like, it,
1: that was a, I remember that.
0: Very memorable. Not a snowball. That it was uh, not a snowball, yeah. I remember when it hit you, it like it, it, it didn't break. You just yeah, it just hit the ground. Like just bounced uh, off. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry, my bad. No worries. <laughs> so, but, yeah, man, that's that was a fun year. And, and then uh, I remember last year we, uh, I had really had, we uh, went last year. There was a group of us from late night that went to Passion. I really had respect for the bus drivers, like a high level of respect because I drove because mm-hmm. I, I had my Toyota and I could feet, seat 7 or 10 in the in the right. truck. And so we all, for the first night, piled in my truck and it's pouring rain. Yes. Driving, can't see anything. And so I'm like, I'm looking for a place to park. I'm like, where's the cheapest place to park? And i like, we're at the arena and I looked right and there's a parking spot right there. And it's like covered parking. So I'm like, it's pouring down rain. So I just parked and it's like $45 to park. And I was like, I don't care. Here's my credit card. Like, <laughs> I really don't yeah. care at this point. For some so. reason,
1: every year we went to Passion, it was like the worst weather ever. Oh, it just was either frigid, yes, you know, and then <laughs> it's it's interesting taking, because I mean, I'm from Alabama, and, and taking those kids, they're pretty much used to a bipolar weather pattern, but here exactly. in Florida... You get really accumulated to this 70 degree weather mm-hmm. and 60 degrees, you're freezing to death. And all, exactly. all Floridian kids own is a hoodie mm-hmm. and, and we so, try their uh, best. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they don't really have anything like some serious big boy clothes. Anyway, so uh, they're freezing to death and they're all looking at me like, how can we get in the stadium sooner? And I'm like, no, we can't. We, like, we're behind all these people. So it's really, it yeah. was always very
0: interesting for sure. Yeah, I I remember one year we came out of it, and it was, like, 13 degrees. Yes. And it was, like, raining. And and our bus
1: driver was conveniently parked about 17 miles away. Yeah, Yeah. we're, like, we're trying not to
0: run because it's slippery, and so we're, like, having to walk through the rain in the cold. And I was, like, man, this really is not fun. Then we shared COVID on the way home. Oh, man, I remember that one. (laughs) Because I remember coming home, I'm, like, Jamie, I got COVID. Like we literally all had COVID. Yep. We worried. I was worried about you, man, because that was um that was the year. That was after the second year. Second yeah. year after me going so, to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a that first year, man. Scared a lot. I mean, I'm sure it scared you obviously, but like it scared a lot of us here. I remember yeah. we, we all were you know consistently worried about you on that one. I will say that was, that was again that showed me a, a lot of you know again I not that I didn't didn't have respect for you, but that gave I had a lot more respect when it came to running late night. Because I mean, I I assisted it. I assisted Mm. you a lot throughout the last couple of years, but like that full month of January, I kind of ran the whole thing. Kept it going for sure. And it was just like making sure there was people there and like, you know, making sure speakers had what they needed and music people had what they needed and the games were planned and Mm. events were ready to go and just kind of like making sure every little detail was taken care of. And I'm just like, oh. And then when Jamie came back, I was like, okay, good. I don't have to worry about this anymore. And so, good. but, but yeah, man, that uh, second year COVID was not fun because it's like, oh, you know, we got a couple of people sick and then like it ended up being like the whole bus just got hit, hit, which makes sense. You can't really get away from it when you're, yeah, eight hours a super spreader yeah. event.
1: Plus, yeah. we were doing karaoke on the way back. So. Yeah,
0: that was, that was, which that, I mean, it's a tradition. You kind of have to. <laughs> and so, but it was funny. But yeah, no, man, it was, it was a good time. We, uh, last year I was driving up with, um, I can't remember who I was driving it up with, but we was a couple of us in my car, and we, we, we went up and we're like halfway into Georgia, and I'm like, oh yeah, Bucky's. I'm like, and someone's like, I haven't been to Bucky's. I'm like, okay, we have to stop. Like it's just a one time to bring you through, and pretty. Sh- and then I I, I like stood the, at the door for like in like forty five minutes. And I'm like texting, I'm like, where are you guys? Yeah, and they just got lost and they were enjoying the store, and
1: I'm like, well, the bathrooms are incredible in Bucky's.
0: Let's just be are. honest, they I are. Mean,
1: they, that's the nicest bath if you're traveling. And you have not experienced a Bucky's bathroom. You need, you need to. I mean, you're, you're, you don't even know what you're doing. Exactly. It like gets yeah, no. a, no, a whole nother level of experience. It is. So, yeah. You know, you're worried about that clean bathroom. It's, mm. it's spotless. Bucky's is the way to go. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: yeah. And there's one like every time you need to stop. Like, yeah. Personally. And there's all <laughs>
1: kinds of food that you probably shouldn't eat, but you do.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And then if you're Brand new to Bucky's, you walk away with a T-shirt. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you have a Bucky's T-shirt? I do not have a Bucky's T-shirt. Mm-hmm. I do not.
0: I don't either. I never, <laughs> I never got that, but
1: probably should put that on my list, on my Christmas list.
0: Christmas list: <laughs>
1: Bucky's you know, T-shirt. Bucky's T-shirt. I
0: mean, <laughs> hey, when the Central, when the One Cala opens up, it's not that far of a drive.
1: Hey, we just might have to make an impromptu Bucky's trip,
0: right? <laughs> but so yeah, man. So speaking of trips and stories, let's talk about um, as as you as you always taught. Every every week you had a different life story of yours. And I, I hinted at it at the beginning of the podcast, and I semi-talked about it on the last one. Let's talk about this. Uh, you were had your truck and you had a boat. And-
1: so basically my whole life in my early 20s, and I always say to the to the college students or, or people that are in the next step of their life after high school, it's just that 20s are just hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not yet as organized as you need to be. You're not as well put together as you need to be. Mm-hmm. And because of that stuff leaks out and, and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I was not a very detailed person mm-hmm. to say the least. I just kind of winged everything. Right. And, and, uh, that always led to trouble. Didn't check, keeping on, you know, vital safety equipment for my cars and things like that. Always doing crazy stuff. So mm-hmm. I have a ton of crazy stories that were painful at the time but ended up being hilarious sermon illustrations and I did not know that God was going to use them in that kind of way but they did mm-hmm. one of those incidents that I believe you're talking about is I was headed to the lake one day um, headed to the river and uh, those are always real windy roads they go around mm-hmm. the the Alabama has the f- the foothills of the Appalachian mountains people people don't know that but mm-hmm. it's a real cliffy and ravine and you know kind of mountainous headed toward a lot of the, the the major tributaries. And so I was headed on, on a real windy road, and I just caught out of the corner of my eye. And I had this, you know, super redneck Toyota, you know, <laughs> truck that was lifted up, and, you know, and 31-1250s on it, and pulling a little redneck John boat, about a 14-foot John boat with about a 20-horse thing on it, and I just, you know, threw it on there and let's go fishing. And I notice on the corner of my eyes somebody's passing me. I'm like, so What kind of fool is passing me on these curvy roads? They're gonna kill both of us. <laughs> Just and then and then I came into vision. It was it was my boat. My boat had come <laughs> off the trailer hitch because most likely I didn't pay any attention to how I latched it, right? And didn't have any <laughs> lock on it or nothing. And it came off and it was passing me. It was literally passing me. And then we were on a little bit of a straightaway. <laughs> And I thought to myself, it seemed like time just stood still in that moment because it had to be only seconds. Right. It was only seconds for sure. Mm -hmm. But in my mind, I I went through this process like, I should just reach out of my window and grab it. Like I should just grab it. And then if I grab my boat with my arm, then I could just hit the brakes and slow down. Uh, Obviously, I don't think I could have done that. It probably ripped my arm off. Thank God I couldn't reach it. And so that didn't happen. And then the turn is coming up, and I said, well, what do I do? And so I just bumped it like Mm -hmm. bumper cars, I bumped my boat into the woods. And uh, it just went off about 35, 40 yards into the briars and Mm -hmm. woods. Did not hit a single tree. Trees everywhere. Didn't hit a single tree. Mm. Um, Guy pulled over. Of course, he, you know, he was uh, the typical person you might see on one of those roads. And he was just like, hey, you lost your boat. And I was like, yes, sir, I lost my boat. How'd that happen when it came off the ball? So you didn't put a lock on it? Well, yeah, thank you, Captain Obvious. You know, and um, so he uh, he was just uh, you know I got some rope. So I, you know, long story short, tied a rope to it, snatched it all the way out of the woods. Mm-hmm. Literally no damage whatsoever. A- hooked it back on the boat nice. and went fishing. So that's one of the many stories. One of the favorite stories other people like is mm-hmm. when I had that same Toyota with the twelve fifties. Those are like a foot wider, long wider mm-hmm. tires. And uh, I had changed the brakes and didn't pay attention to putting the lug nuts very specifically tight on all of them. And so I was driving down the road, and um, um, I said to myself, some idiot has lost a tire. Because this tire bounces by me and goes off a ravine into, in, and down this little, like, valley. And, and then I thought for a second, wait a minute, that looked kind of like my tire. My truck, my Toyota truck is balancing on three tires. And then I hit the brakes, and you know what happened. Yeah. It dropped on the rotor, and, been, and the, the rotor was went from a full circle to a half moon. And uh, <laughs> then I had to go down the ravine, carry this huge tire and rim mm. that probably weighs 30, 40 pounds, right. 10 feet at a time, back yeah. up. Got it back on there, had another good one. Stop and help me. <laughs> you know, there's, always, your there's always yeah, a lot you know, another captain obvious to help me, but um you know, I had to those are those are humility moments that I had to grow through for sure. That's awesome. So uh so what is your what's your
0: favorite um so we're coming around the holidays, right? And so we just had Thanksgiving. Uh you know, you guys have a good Thanksgiving around the house?
1: Yeah, everybody's everybody behaves nice. themselves for the most part. That's, That's good. always good.
0: Did people come to your house, or did you guys go somewhere?
1: No, so you know, I mean, of course, we went back to Bama. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I usually stay with my daughter, mm. and we we sort of we're like an we're like an '80s rock band. We're too old to tour, <laughs> but we're on tour. Nice, and we shouldn't be, uh-huh. and um, so it's exhausting. But nice. we we get toured around. Uh, like an 80s rock band to, nice. to catch everybody. That's exciting.
0: And then uh, Christmas is coming up too, so you guys, uh, same thing, going back up to Bama for Christmas?
1: No, we're actually going to stay here. We're going to kind of... Nice.
0: Yeah, we're going to just stay here and okay, enjoy it, take it in. Cool, cool. And so uh, Trey's at the house, so you at least have one of your kids with you. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. So that'll be fun. So what's your... Uh, so holiday season always brings back, you know, fun traditions and memories. So do you guys have any, in your family, do you have any, like, traditions for the holidays that you guys do?
1: Hmm. Traditions in the holiday. Uh you know we it's like every when we go back to Bama well, there's always like a there's usually like a flag football game mm-hmm. that was always a tradition. In Thanksgiving, that generally always got a little bit too competitive, <laughs> and a little bit too spirited. Uh-huh. Um, Weather's well, getting yeah. We now. have we have very I have very competitive brothers too. I have an older brother that's two years older to me that, uh-huh. that is literally a walking steroid, and um <laughs> my younger brother is still he he's outgrown me too. And and so anyway, it would generally get a little too competitive with you know our children and, and the cousins and everything. And So that was one tradition, mm-hmm. but around I guess around Christmas. um it's pretty mild. We just uh, usually decorate after the, the day after. I guess our Christmas tradition it really happens like the day after Thanksgiving or that weekend after Thanksgiving. We kind of mm-hmm. throw up the decorations and just kind of, t- and we talk about memories. Mm-hmm. That's why I guess we always talk about the great memories. That's cool. And that's one of the great blessings, you know, talk about being in family ministry is just, mm-hmm. you know, staying married. Mm-hmm. Staying married to your wife. Yeah. Uh, people don't want, you can never put a price on, you know, that. Mm-hmm. That like, you know, me and Christy have been married like right at the coming at 30 years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just to sit in a house and have both your kids under one roof, mm-hmm. they come home for the holidays and talk about all those memories and all that joy and all that laughter and all the funny stories that we've had, the snowball mm-hmm. fights and all things over the years. Yeah. And hearing that under one roof because mm-hmm. you've just remained faithful to your spouse and your spouse remained faithful to you. I think it's one of the hidden, most hidden blessings in the world, mm, for sure. That's cool. I sit back and just take it in and love it. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, one of our family traditions is, so when my parents um, got married, they went to, um, on their honeymoon, they kind of went around, but they ended up going up to New York, and they saw Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. Mm. And so that was kind of one of the things they did. And and so kind of growing up, that has been kind of our, if you would have called the family movie, like is Beauty and the Beast. And go. so it's been kind of, it's just a really cool movie and, you know, and kind of stuff like that. And so I, um, so then a couple of years later, Beauty and the Beast Christmas came out and it was like 1990, whatever. And so it was before I was born mm-hmm. when it came out. And, um, so basically as like, as long as I can remember during Christmas time, we'd always watch that movie. You know, we sit down and we'd have like, uh, mom would make those like sausages and the, like the, what's the stupid thing called? Um doesn't like, matter. Like, Anything with sausage is yeah, good. right. It's like awesome. the like the biscuit with the sausage in the middle, like the, uh, you know, anyways. And there, so, I'm pigs there. in the blanket, that's what it is, yeah. There it is. Yeah, pigs in the blanket and just little, like, snack foods like that. We sit down and watch it around, around Christmas time. It's always, it was always a fun memory of mine. And so, um, now, one of our tra- traditions that has turned into that, we don't necessarily watch that anymore because my sister's moved out of the house and I'm mm-hmm. older now. And so, um, what we do now is we, we, there's music throughout the whole movie, and so we listen to the like the soundtrack to the movie, and that's okay. and so we kind of have that. And so it's um there's a few different songs, we can, but it's kind of a tradition where we always play that at the when we set up the Christmas tree. Yeah, and gotta so. we
1: gotta watch we watch Elf every year. Mm. I mean, most people do, and then we watch uh, Jingle All the Way.
0: I have not seen that one I just yet. That's one
1: of Trey's favorite with Honest Schwarzenegger. Mm. Got to have that one. Yeah, so. Jimmy, I'm your father. <laughs> It's me, Turbo you, Man.
2: You
0: do a lot of good voice impressions. Well,
1: that's one of them, I guess. But, uh-huh. Yeah, but uh <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Turbo Man, Trey was all about. Oh, it. Turbo! Oh, I have seen Jingle All the Way, Turbo, yeah, Man. Turbo yeah, yeah, Man. Yeah, 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 Sinbad.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah. No, that was that was good. That's a good one. Yeah, but um, no, the um, that was a uh, yeah, Jingle All the Way. That was a good movie. I remember watching that. I think I saw that two years ago. It Was one of the first time I saw it. Yeah, and so
1: gotta watch those movies for oh, sure. Yeah.
0: There's. There's a lot of good Christmas movies. I think Home Alone is a kind of a Yeah, know, Home
1: Alone's classic for sure. Yeah.
0: Not the not the remake. Home Alone not the first the remix. one. Yeah. Home Alone the first it's one. Like Hollywood
1: though. can't come up with new ideas now. Exactly. You noticed that lately. <laughs> yeah, They're just remaking every Everything. movie. Like is yeah. there not another new idea in the world? Exactly. Like
0: you know, call, call 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 Jamie. Jamie's got the idea. I mean, <laughs> I've got stories. Maybe we right. could just turn it in. You know, right? Turn turn yeah. turn some stories into a movie.
1: Yeah. Like, the, no way
0: that happened. That I can't wait that actually happened. <laughs> but, but yeah, man. So uh, so being a pastor, you have um, you have been through it all. You've seen it all. You kind of walked through it all. And so, what is one of your funniest moments you remember as being a pastor? Like, is there one thing that just has kind of stuck out? Or a, a a memory, or a like I don't know, just kind of like a funny or special, or you know, just kind of like this, like that. You talk about going through memories and thoughts and and stuff like that. So, is there a mm-hmm. memory that's like sticks out to you?
1: I would say it's all the youth trips. Mm. You know, just uh, something about getting away from your normal environment, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the you know, and just going into a whole new environment, new setting. Uh, mm-hmm. the kids sort of let down their guard a little bit and you get to kind of know them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was always most of the time spent most of my tenure at churches where we had a church bus that mm-hmm. never ever got <laughs> any maintenance done on it right. ever until we took the trip. And so it was not a matter whether you know if it would break down, it was always a matter of when. when. <laughs> and so we would just break down and and and, and turning those into funny moments. Mm-hmm. Um I would just do silly stuff, you know, as I do on the vans, I right. do like a little brake check and get their head to go for it. I'd, I'd, I'd ask a question and then I'd do a brake check you know, on and off the brake and their heads would nod. I'm like, okay, I'm glad you guys agree. You know, it's just a <laughs> little silly stuff like that. But um, right. we broke down one year and we just, we did, went in and I told the story recently and we went to the nearest Walmart because mm-hmm. it was kind of close to within walking distance and the tires were getting repaired and and I, you know, I did that little people of Walmart thing. If you are familiar with the people of walmart.com? It's basically, mm-hmm. people take these pictures of people that go to Walmart that they should not be out in public. They probably shouldn't wear some of the stuff around the house, to be honest, much right. less in public. But right. if they are going to wear it in public, of course, they're going to be found in the Walmart. Exactly. So I had a people of Walmart competition. I said, hey, we're going to do it. I explained <laughs> it to them, showed them the website. They saw all the funny pictures. I said, you're going to take the best candidate and who we're going to vote, see who's the best candidate for the people of walmart.com next photo. And, uh, but what I didn't tell them that I, I thought went without saying is that they shouldn't tell the people they're, they're, they're on people of Walmart. And so some of my goodness boys, they kind of, you know, you, we, you're a candidate for people of Walmart. And I'm like, what is people of Walmart? It's when people shouldn't wear with, you know, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, how cringy was that? But, um, yeah, so uh, it was. Uh, funny. We got some good photos. If we were somewhere in the hills of Tennessee. That was pretty. That was pretty interesting. But I would say all the trips, man, just nice. coming back from those trips and seeing God move in those kids' lives, mm-hmm. that's something I'll never ever forget. That's the, my, my, my my favorite moments for sure.
0: That's awesome. I uh, remember the first trip we took um, to Passion that I was on with you. Mm-hmm. Remember, you're like you're on the bus. and You're like, all right, you guys need a buddy system because I will leave you. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. And I never didn't experience it till that one particular trip. My buddy was in the restroom, and I'm like, and I see, like, Jamie, like, started to drive away. I'm like, oh, yeah. wait, wait. I'm like, hold no, on. No, no. <laughs> and so, but then I remember one year we, uh, do you remember the coffee here at Fashion? You were trying to, oh, find, yeah. to find coffee? Absolutely. That was that was a, that
1: was a fun one. Well, app. like, apparently the saying on the bus where if you're not here, raise your hand, doesn't work. I don't know. Yeah, that's why they got left, I guess. That's so yeah. not my fault. Right. <laughs> I thought it was a good system, but it yeah. yeah, no, one year we were at Passion and we were just you know, it was back when they did the the breakout sessions. Yes. And it's a long day and it, it was is. the travel day. Mhm. And like we were literally tired you know, two yeah. hours past dead. Mhm. Tired. Yes. And um and there's no coffee nowhere in the venue. <laughs> like none. Mm-hmm. Like no. And so um somebody had a cup of coffee. I think it was some of the ad, the ad the admin people to passion had a special room with coffee. Mm. We just began chasing them to the point where we I think we actually scared them, <laughs> and that's when we stopped our pursuit. But we just wanted their coffee. But just wanted coffee. Yeah. They, they were a little scared of us
0: for I, sure. I get that, dude. Passion with breakouts. That was like my first year. I was so like pumped. It was like it was mm-hmm. exciting. And then like the next year, I'm like not so exciting. The next year, I'm like oh, uh, it's just another year of breakouts. Like breakouts were kind of like the the drawl of the group, the part of passion, and I'm kind of glad they got rid of them.
1: <laughs> well, it was it was kind of interesting. It's amazing to me when you go to those conferences. Like it's like people are waiting to tell the deepest darkest secrets ever to just a group of people they never met before. Exactly. It's, it's you know, and I'm just like, okay, this is going. You know, somebody just drops one of those nuclear bombs mm-hmm. of their deepest darkest secrets. Yep. You're probably not going to unpack that in the next five minutes. So oh. you're like, okay, well, okay, cool. Well, well let's just say. settle in here. Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I think it's it, it's it's helpful. You know, yeah. for people, and uh, I think it has its place. I just didn't think the schedule mm-hmm. in itself was just too full, and just yeah, because no. you had to get to the venue super early to get a, mm-hmm. a nosebleed seat, you exactly. know, kind of thing, and yeah, and you left super late, and you know, most mm-hmm. places you're, you had to plan your meals because most places were closed and all those things. So it, it definitely had some challenges, but I think it just didn't work well with the schedule. But the the idea mm-hmm. and the premise of it is good. Yeah, I remember with uh the pa- the
0: New Year's Passion. That was exhausting. It was fun. I enjoyed bringing the New Year's. It was a lot of fun. It was really cool. I remember the moment, uh, you know, and all this stuff. But like, we got done at like one o'clock in the morning, and then we had like an hour and a half bus ride back because it was just, it was not even because we were that far. It was just so everyone was leaving at the same time. Yes. And I remember all the times that, like, remember the first year we, on the like whatever day it was that, you know, the third, the third day of passion, we'd always leave before everybody else did. Like during the last song, during the prayer. Well, like- we were trying to get the Jim and Nick's. Exactly. And so, um, which I, uh, we- I was like, we need to let go and, um, we need to get, and we, in the first year I was like, oh, I don't want to leave. And then that, like, the next year is like okay, I I don't want to leave, but I understand. And by like the third year of us leaving, I'm like, let's get the heck out of here. <laughs> like I'm
1: ready to go. You know, we always have half the people that doesn't want to leave early, but you know Jim and Nick's made up for that. It did, like. and we're not it sponsored, really but Bill is open to sponsors from Jim and Nick's because. Uh, <laughs> but you now they, uh, I introduced you guys to those little cheese biscuits. And oh cha- man, and that changed your life. I think. It did. Right?
0: It really better. did. Yeah. I um, I I'm definitely I'm trying. To, I try to convince my parents because we usually go up to Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to convince my parents, but it's like. I can never convince them because, like, we're, I guess we're going—we're always never going the direction of a Jimmy Nick's. Yes. And it's like an hour away, and my parents are like, I don't know if we want to drive that far for barbecue. I'm like, you do, but it's—it's like the best barbecue you have. Like, but you do, and so yeah. they need to get a Jim and Nick's in Florida. Like, you know, it's—I mean,
1: anything's possible, I right? You know, but it's—I um, think you should invest into into a Jim and Nick's Florida location. Well, yeah. we'll uh, <laughs> that'll be your next <laughs> venture. I'll look at that. I'll look at
0: that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't even want to know how much that would cost to invest in something. I have like no that. idea. I always, I have always learned though. Like, uh, do you, I remember one year we didn't get to go to a gym next, but we went to like that hole in the wall barbecue place. Yes, that I remember it was really funny because it, it was there was a sign on the wall that said like you don't we don't do specials. It's it's on the menu. You get it how it comes on the menu. I remember there was like one guy in our group was like can I make an adjustment to this? And literally the chef's like, or like the waiter's like, look at the time, bro. Like, no. Yeah. And it was, it was really funny because we just like kind of ras on him for the rest of the trip. Like, come on, man. Like, why? And so but But Hall and Wall Barbecue places are always like, seem to be like the best barbecue because mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's not mass produced. It's it's slow cooked. It's always, you know. Speaking of slow cooking, you are like one of the best like slow cookers I know. Like when you do the turkeys and the barbecue and stuff like that for the late days and Thanksgiving get together is like, it was always, like, top-notch.
1: Well, it come from a long uh, heritage of YouTube watching, ah, uh, nice. you know, so I, I would like to say that I just naturally have that gift, but I don't. <laughs> I, I'm Like most people, I learn stuff from YouTube, and got you, a few people that... Um, YouTube is, like, the place to learn things. It is. Yeah, I mean, really is. I mean, you know, and it's, they, you find the video, and they tell you exactly what to do, and, you know, when people say they can't really cook well, or they can't bake well, what they really are saying is, I can't follow directions well. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because the people put the directions out there. Like the mystery's taken out of it, mm-hmm. you know, and all you have to do is follow the directions and, and not second guess them. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, and these, and so I find these people and, um, I sort of have a little following and kind of watch and try new things. And, mm-hmm. um, but just going that extra mile, like I mean, we always, you know, we would brine a turkey for Thanksgiving. Mm. We would brine it, and that's a little bit of work if you've never brined a turkey. Mm-hmm. You do it twenty-four hours ahead, right? Um, and you put it in a cooler and put an ice on and everything. But it, it, and then and then we injected it and then we stuffed it and we did all those things. But mm. when you guys tasted that turkey, that's that's what it's about. Right. You know, it's about uh, I want to do my best. Mm-hmm. You know, and just and so just seeing those the smiles on on the you know, because if you want to get into a kid's heart, especially a college kid's heart, just feed them
0: exactly. Free food it's is the not way to that go. Complicated, no. You know, yeah, no. They, um, I remember a lot of people that would be like, "Yeah, like well, come to the event." I don't know. There'll be food, okay? <laughs>
1: you know. Well, Christy's baking. I mean, oh, come on, yeah, let's go. Like, sh- you don't have to even question it. She sounds more southern than I do. I mean, if you're <laughs> listening to this podcast, and anybody that sounds that southern. It's using some good butter and sugar, and it's going to be good. Exactly. Yeah, and so, so uh, that mac
0: and cheese she makes is like the best mac and cheese in the history of like mac and cheese.
1: And you're you just like the banana pudding for oh, you. Oh yeah,
0: I don't know. That's that, that was your kryptonite. Yeah, that was the only like I can I cannot find any banana pudding close to it. I don't yeah. know why. Like I I go to I go to every barbecue place and I get it. And I'm just like it's not the same. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but
1: well, you know. it's just it's creating. You know, I and I, really I got that premise honestly from scripture. You know, it's it's the psalm that says basically, you know, before I set before a, you a banquet table, mm. and you know, one day we're gonna be at the Lord's banquet table, mm. and, the, and it's gonna be incredible. Yeah, and it sort of got me thinking. Is like I remember going to my aunt Nancy's as a as a young child, and my aunt Nancy and Uncle Walter used to always like go like we never had a simple meal. Like it mm. was the best steak mm. that money could buy. Right. It was the baked potatoes, the salads, mm. the, the four desserts to choose from, and they were all amazing. It was just mm-hmm. always to the oomph degree, you know, the highest degree. Yeah. And it and it, and it always made me feel extremely special. Mm. And, uh, and and I just sort of took that premise and when it comes to, to studio ministry, yeah, surely we, we had times where we would just buy and bring in food. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, if you know, if you recall, we would just make sure that it, everything was homemade, everything mm-hmm. was super special. It took a lot of time to make. Yeah. Uh, I just think that that resonated with our students for sure.
0: Yeah, I think that was, a, like, I'm not that big of a football fan, but, like, Super Bowl party every year. Mm-hmm. I don't care what I was doing, you know, I I still showed up because it was, it was the culture, it was the community that was the important part. Yeah, we part didn't really watch the Super Bowl. Exactly, yeah. especially the halftime shows. We didn't yeah. watch the halftime yeah. shows. Yeah, but so, it was fun. It was fun. It's always enjoyable to go outside, play volleyball for a little while, and then come inside and, you know. Kick a giant football through a giant field goal. Exactly, you Yeah. Know? Oh, it was – those were always the the good memories. So it's a Polar
1: plunge. Remember y'all jumped – some few of you jumped in the pool oh, before yes. it was heated. Yeah,
0: no, I remember that. Yeah. I never did that, but I was like, yeah. more power to the ones who want to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they did it two years in a row, but they did it once they did. for sure. <laughs> right, yeah. They, they tried it. But
0: what was it? The, the initial shock is what it gets everybody. So. Absolutely. I also was just a – Kind of crack out of my head. You were you were talking about how how we were talking about banana pudding, and then you're like that reminds me of the Book of Psalms. And yeah. I was like, gotta love a pastor who can always tie anything back to scripture. <laughs> so, but speaking of scripture, what is your favorite scripture verse?
1: Man, that's a, that's a good one. I don't know that I have. I, I don't. I've never been one of those that have like a a favorite verse. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of verses that I live, you know, that I live by. that okay. That that, that I, I what I call them is just like promises to recite, mm. you know, to God. So if I'm anxious, you know, do not be, you know, anxious about anything. And you know, I quote that verse. And um, if I'm if I'm worried about, you know, um, anything, uh, you know, the, it is those that wait upon the Lord shall renew mm-hmm. their strength and soar on wings of eagles. You know, in Isaiah and. It's just those verses to me, you know, I just remember those verses in those moments that speak to me. And I've never been like a one verse type person, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's just so many, I think that, that I would daily recite to my life that I need, Mm -hmm. you know, to keep me centered, to keep me focused and keep me, uh, but more, I'm I'm more of a story guy, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm more of a story guy. So like when I'm, in a bad spot, I remember the life of Joseph.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: it's not necessarily one verse, but I just walked through that whole story, and that story is, to me, one of the most amazing stories in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, I'm not going through anything like Joseph endured. Mm-hmm. There's no way, yeah, that I'm, you know." And um, look what God did for Joseph. Mm-hmm. You know, look what God did. God reunited his family. God did all these things. Uh, he didn't ask for a lot of the trials and, temp- and things that came his way, but they came his way nonetheless, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I'm more of a story guy, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, you know, um, you know, sometimes when I'm in a, a, lull, you know, I remember the prodigal prophet Jonah, mm-hmm. you know, who, who just quite frankly didn't want to preach the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, just didn't yeah. want to do it, wanted to go the opposite way, mm-hmm. and I just remember that story, and I just try to reflect on the stories and go, you know, Lord, there's a little bit of prodigal prophet in me sometimes, I get mm-hmm. a little burned down, a little, a little low on the energy, and and um, and, uh, but, you know. It's by your strength, and it's, it's what you did in the life of Jonah, and, and, and it's, a, it's a lesson to just obey God and be entrusting him and say, hey, I, you know, you're going to do what God wants you to do. You might as well do it and not smell like well throw up when you're <laughs> on the beach, you know, kind of thing. So that's, I guess that's kind of my take, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a really big story guy. You know mm-hmm. that. I tell stories, yeah. but I'm really moved by stories. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, talking to people, you know, the differences between topical preaching mm-hmm. and, um, and expository preaching. I remember sharing with somebody, I said, hey, topical preaching's got its place, you Mm -hmm. know. But at the same time, you might know right from wrong, but -hmm. you'll never know why. And you'll never be able to connect the dots between Jesus, Mm -hmm. you know, the reason for all these stories, Mm -hmm. and how Jesus fits, how Joseph is a Christ type, how Jonah's a Christ type, how this, you know. And and being able to connect those dots in Mm -hmm. a story, why would you look anywhere else for another story? Mm -hmm. You know, every illustration is so secondary to the best stories and the best stories are in the bible mm-hmm. so you know you know any silly illustration i had was just you know a a, a distant second to what the beautiful story was mm-hmm. and so um that's good yeah i'm just moved by that man i'm just i'm moved by stories i'm a storyteller mm-hmm. yeah that's good
0: so let's've i've had this conversation with a few people before and so we kind of i'll pit pose the question to you and get your opinion on this. So when you're like studying scripture and you're memorizing scripture to, you know, where it says, hide the word in your heart, you know, so I might not sin against you and using that to to recall, you said like recall stories, recall scriptures when, you know, when you're anxious, when you're worried, when you're afraid. And, you know, one of the ones I always try to focus on for my personal life is that Psalms 4610, be still and know that I'm God, Mm -hmm. you know, take a time just to stop. You know, because especially the Christmas season, it's go, 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 go all the time. And so just take time to be still and be in his word and in, in his presence, you know, throughout the day. And so I was I was talking to someone, and they're like, you know, I said, it when you're talking to someone and you need to share, like, a scripture with them, mm-hmm. I said, my opinion is it's important to, I mean, it's important to know the reference, but it's more important to know the context mm-hmm. more than, than the reference. Like, you can... Go up and look up the reference, but if someone's like, you know, man, I'm just, I'm just, you know, just terrified I'm worried, well, you know, it says in Joshua, I know it's Joshua, I don't know the exact chapter and verse, but I know in Joshua it says, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, right. do not be terrified, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. I can quote that through and through, can't tell you what version it is, I don't think what version actually matters at all, but, like, I can't, I I have to go look up, oh, it's Joshua one nine. and so... And and then I, they came to me and like, well, you have to, you always have to know the reference, so that way you can tell the reference to them, so they can go back and look at themselves. Which I do see a point to that, but I feel like there's a, it's okay to, when you're having the conversation, you don't have to exactly quote the, the reference perfectly. You just have to get the the context correct. You know. Yeah,
1: I'm mean, I've never been a you know as good as I need to be as far as mm-hmm. like scripture memorization, as far as that mm-hmm. plus the reference, right? You know, but it's, uh, you know. I meditate on the Word, mm-hmm. meditate on the Word of God. I think that's the lost art in our culture. Mm-hmm. It's been the lost art in our culture for a long time. Mm-hmm. I think in Western culture, mm-hmm. we don't really know what that word means, meditation. Um, but it means to simply reflect, you know, over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. As one pastor said, he he was in... Um, one of his classes, and he was saying, that you know, you got to write 30 things that this verse is teaching you out of this one verse, or it was two verses. It was a very short mm-hmm. context. And he said, there's no way that I can get 30 things out of this. There's just no way. Mm-hmm. And then he wrote five, and then he thought about it a little bit longer, and he wrote 10. And then later on he had 15, mm-hmm. and then he didn't stop at 30. Mm-hmm. And so that's what meditation is. hmm And so I'm a big proponent of meditating on the Word of God, just reading a couple of verses and say, Lord, I need to show me everything these verses say Mm -hmm. to me today. What is every takeaway that I need for today out Mm -hmm. of these verses? And you'd be surprised at just thinking about it, thinking about it thoroughly Mm -hmm. um, and uh, thinking through it again and again Mm -hmm. and thinking about the context of that verse and then thinking about it again thinking about the different, if it has more than one character in that verse, mm-hmm. there's two people in that verse, you know, think of meditating on it on one person's perspective mm-hmm. for the first half of the day then meditating on the second person in the story mm-hmm. in that verse this, the latter half of the day, whether it be the rich man and Lazarus, whether it be the, the rich young ruler. And um, I remember one example as I was meditating on the rich young ruler, you know, of course I know the story. Mm-hmm. We know the story, and uh, I was meditating on that, that those verses and and it just it, it dawned on me this thought that mm-hmm. the rich young ruler went away sad because he had great wealth mm-hmm. but it dawned on me that he that he never stopped for a moment to to understand what he stood to gain mm. he only thought about what he stood to lose mm. that's good and so that that thought. Mm-hmm. Just doesn't come. It just just jump off the pages. It's it's a it's a meditation, mm-hmm. and just you know, it's like what was he missing? Like, and then you think about like what all he missed out on. Mm-hmm. Like he missed out on literally hanging out with Jesus and yeah. the apostles and seeing the miracles firsthand. And mm-hmm. and and, and he, quite frankly, he may have missed out on heaven altogether, mm-hmm. because we're not told. Right. But he may have missed out on heaven altogether. So his his loss that day was was tremendous. Yeah. And he never pondered it for a moment he thought his only loss was his wealth mm-hmm. and so that's that's kind of what i yeah you know which lean toward.
0: which I, I i we're talking about with anna and wallace on the last podcast mm-hmm. and i so said i think we so i tend to think it was like now you're like oh like there's no way like when you go back and you read the stories of your scriptures like we talked about that specific one was like when jesus was being crucified that like they were like shouting crucify him crucify him and that we'd be like, no, I would never be that person. I'd be the one yelling to get him down, and like, you know, we, you know, you stand up for him or whatever. But like, put yourself in that position. Like, would you actually, you know, same thing about the, would, you know, the rich, rich young ruler. Would you have, you know, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I would. Have, I give up everything to follow Jesus. Okay, well,
1: would you, you know, it, you know, sure. <laughs> or even like the apostles, who, sh- you know, the Bible says it shrank. They shrank away. You know, yeah, you know, they, they and so. And so, you know, we would have done one of those two things for sure. Mm-hmm. And so I just—and things, I think the thing is, is, the important
0: part is just to strive to do that. You know, we're obviously not perfect and we're going to screw up every day, but, like, just strive to be that person, you know.
1: Well, it just shows you how important grace is. Mm-hmm. Like, without grace, there's no way either of us are anywhere near what we need to be. Yes. And so, it you know, it's just, as one pastor said, I, in me I found every evil known to man, mm-hmm. you know. And so, but it's the grace of God, you know, mm-hmm. as as the scripture says that Christ constrains us. We mm-hmm. we thank God for that constraining influence. Yes, on sure. our lives.
0: Yeah, and that's the that's the you know, a, a lot of people call that oh, that's just my gut feeling. Well, no, it's that's there's more that more than that than just a gut feeling, you know.
1: Yeah, it's care. You know, have to unpack that carefully, you know. Yeah, for sure. Um, like different yeah. people. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, um, you know,
0: you can't you can't tell a non Christian that that's the Holy Spirit speaking to them because. Yeah, They, they and don't have
1: the Holy Spirit inside them. And then they get confused on, you know, what spirits are, you know, right. what kind of things and what are the voices and how do you distinguish between the voices in my head versus, uh, you know, something that God's, mm-hmm. you know, telling you to do. And so, again, the main things, the plain things, you know, you know when you're confused in your life and don't know exactly what you should do, mm-hmm. ask yourself this important question, am I doing what I know to do? Because mm-hmm. what uh, I know to do is to preach Jesus, is to mm-hmm. share the gospel, is to live upright, is mm-hmm. to be holy as, and be set apart as, as he is holy. Mm-hmm. These are the things I know to do. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times we get caught in this little rut where we're asking God for special revelation or special direction in a certain area, and God's like, hey, mm-hmm. I've given you all these general things that, that are the most important things. Mm-hmm. Okay, They're more important than these details that you, you think are more important. Right? But you're not even doing those things. Mm-hmm. So start with those things, and you'll find yourself that God directs the steps of the righteous. Yes, he directs the steps of the righteous, and so you'll find yourself by doing the right things. You'll find yourself in the right place, mm-hmm. in front of the right people, communicating the right things, and um, yeah, sort of the cart before the horse kind of thing. A lot mm-hmm. of times, as Christian, the Christian journey is, but it's you need people in your life that kind of you know steer you that way. Mm-hmm. Sure,
0: that's good. So, but yeah, man, uh, we're going to wrap up this podcast. I appreciate you coming on. It's been cool having you on and getting to talk for a little bit. We haven't talked talked like this in a long time, you know, since kind of we both stepped away from late night. That was kind of our kind of weekly, you know, involvement. And so, but it's been nice having you on here. Um, so normally we always end with like a dad joke or some kind of funny joke. And so we'll end with that in a minute. But do you have any, like, if you had just had to give to whoever's listening to this, to whatever they're walking through, if you had to give – it's a piece of advice to go with, to walk away from. What would be one thing you would want to say?
1: You know, the Christian journey is, is, is not just a linear path upwards. Mm-hmm. It's hills and valleys. Mm-hmm. You know, there are moments um, where you're challenged. There's moments where your faith is tested. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says, count it that a joy mm-hmm. when your faith is tested. Um, to, I would say to think more holistically. You know, mm-hmm. just think about the big picture. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my favorite quotes from John Piper is that God's doing a thousand different things at one, one moment in time, mm-hmm. and you're scarcely aware of one of them. Mm-hmm. And I may have butchered that a little bit, but it's to that yeah to that thought. And I think that's true. Mm-hmm. I think that God is doing so many things in your life that you just can't see. So, what I would challenge you know, if you're in a tough spot or in a tough situation, what what good could possibly come out of this? Because Romans eight twenty eight, all things work for good because the mm-hmm. love of the Lord called mm-hmm. him for His purpose. You know, um, what good could come out of this situation? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that I've used my pain in my life mm-hmm. as a superpower. Yeah, you know, so yeah, there's been painful moments in my childhood, mm-hmm. but it's given me a superpower. Someone says, "Well, what is your superpower?" Well, my superpower is I can see that hurt in other kids mm-hmm. where everybody else misses it. Yeah. Well, that's a superpower in ministry. Mm-hmm. And so I go up. To, I remember one time when we were out here in the back, and I walked up to a girl. And, I, and and they were some skaters, and they were, waiting, they were kind of skating on the property and stuff. Uh-huh. And they maybe be borderline doing some damage on the rails or whatever. So I went uh-huh. out there and just talked to them uh-huh. and uh, didn't run them off or nothing, just kind of chatted with them. And, uh-huh. and it was two boys and a girl, and the girl, I could just say, and I, and I looked at her and I said, is everything okay? And she just started bawling. Uh-huh. It was no surprise to me. Right. You could see I could see it clear as day all uh-huh. over her face. Right. And so – um. Yeah, they're challenging times. God mm-hmm. will use for mm-hmm. His glory. He yeah. will. It'll just take time sometimes for you to see that mm-hmm. and, and sort of see that come into manifestation. But, but just, just to keep the faith. God mm-hmm. is faithful. That's good. Oh.
0: and then uh, if you had to tell like one joke, because you you you're always a joke person. You, like,
1: you could pull back a classic that you used to tell. Oh, later. man, time. I don't know if I have any. Like, super—I mean, I'm drawing a blank with dead jokes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did actually have a good one here recently, but I just—I'm drawing a blank. But I thought mm-hmm. you were going to wrap it up with a rap. No. No, no, nah, <laughs> nah, I don't I do not do that. <laughs> no, nah, not in here. Well, uh, that'll have
0: to be whenever I have the next artist on here, because I, I, uh, Pishko is actually going to come on. Okay. And that's all yeah, you got to wrap
1: it up with a wrap. Uh,
0: yeah, I can't—okay, uh, oh, so— uh, so you talk about this and we talked about when we were talking about passion we went up to like negative 14 degrees. And it says nobody in Florida has winter coats. We're all just out here wearing our heaviest hoodie hoping for the best. Yeah. Like that's it. That's really is it.
1: 100%. That's it. So,
0: but, but yeah, man. So I guess if you have no dad jokes, I guess we'll just have to, yeah, I I'm have to leave it at that.
1: Yeah. But, I don't do like. Like scripted dad jokes. Uh. I think I am a dad joke sometimes. (laughs) I think I think my children would say, "Dad is a joke." Uh, Hey, let's go. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, I
0: appreciate it, and we'll we'll have you on again
1: soon.
2: All right, thanks for having me.